Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by Wager Lab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, the professor. I've built mathematical models for various sports outcomes that I call sideline. Hear more about the model during the course of this episode. It's set to cover six of the eight second round NCAA tournament games set to be played on Saturday, March 18th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the well, it's not on the banner. It's usually on the banner. www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet link in the show description for silence projection on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks on the best games for picks on all the games. Saturday here, we've got four CBI games. We have two NIT games and two other NCAA tournament games that we aren't covering on this show. We can't cover everything here. So if you want all the picks, all the A-grade picks, all the numbers that the model says – that you need in order to get to an A group, that's money line or spread. Check us out on Patreon. We've got a lot of different packages there based on what you're looking for. Remember the sports are predictable. So the discussion of this show projects a typical game and does not try to forecast it to a tease. That'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term viewer on here. No distraction. Team either can't hit or can't miss from three as these things balance out in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh jake we're recording this here on Friday morning so we're, we're only halfway through the, the first round but um i mean they call it march madness for a reason I, we kind of saw that on day one you know there were some unexpected things i think princeton obviously was was unexpected um that wasn't really to me about the whole three-pointer thing that i'm always talking about that was just kind of a wonky game uh but we saw a lot of weird things with three-pointers saw so utah state one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country uh, never really, you know, get over the hump against Missouri. And I, I, they shot like 18% or 14% on what it was. It was terrible. Um, and that's what we always talk about, right? That Utah State would have been, you know, if they just hit their season average from three, they win that game by like six points or something probably. Uh, they don't even have to have a good game from three, just an average game. And you, that's the sort of thing that happens. It happens in the regular season, it happens in the tournament. It's magnified now because all the eyeballs are on it. But that uh, sort of stuff, it happens. It's basketball, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why. Not- a tournament kind of thing is a terrible way to decide your best team because <laughs> all of a sudden one one bad shooting night and you're done even though you were a lot better i mean arizona stumbles and just couldn't figure out how to play and not and nobody would agree that princeton should be a better the better team yeah but yeah one game decides it so it's it's, yeah. it's just crazy and I it's, love it. it's like we talk about right and, and you know soccer has its 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 lovers and its haters of course but you know the way they decide soccer uh, over in Europe where it's just whoever has the best regular season record, that's their champion. I mean, that's the way to do it if you want to determine the best team. Uh, all of our playoffs are not to determine the best team or for entertainment. It's it's fun as can be, but it, it, you're right. It's not about trying to find the best team. It's about trying to find the team who wins a tournament, which is not quite the same thing. A good team usually wins, but not always the best. Sometimes the best, not always, uh, but it's all for entertainment. It's all fun and we love it, right? And like you said, it's not about the best because uh, obviously nobody would say that Prince was better than Arizona. But uh, uh, the other one I thought was really interesting, I just want to touch on real quick is Colgate, Texas. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Texas here later in the show, but Colgate, I think was the best three point shooting team in the country and didn't shoot the three ball at all. They hardly got many good looks from three, but they also, that was one of the weirdest games. I can remember watching Colgate missed so many like bunnies and layups. Texas looked terrible turning the ball over at times, looked disinterested, but Texas shot like 60% from three. And so again, it didn't matter. Nothing else mattered. They were going to win that game. And, you know, you can really look at that game two ways. You can look at it and say, I'm kind of setting up for later, I guess. You can look at that game and say, if Texas didn't shoot as well from three, they probably lose to Colgate. If, if Colgate, it was just not Colgate's night. And if Colgate gets a lucky bounce here and there, have some balls not go kind of rim out. If, if Texas just doesn't hit all those threes and just an insane shooting performance, Colgate probably wins that game and pulls another 15-2 upset. But on the other hand, you know, Texas got open looks and Colgate didn't. So, I mean, that's part of it, right? So it's really tough to kind of balance uh, that and hold both these thoughts. And sometimes they're kind of contradictory, but, you know, it, it, we saw a couple of weird games. Like, to me, that Colgate-Texas one was one of the weirder ones of the night. Um, you know, we talk about um, A&M and Penn State being a weird one. That one was weird, maybe less so from the three-point part. Part of that was just we talk about Penn State being such a jump-shooting team, a three-point shooting team. If they get hot, they're going to they're gonna be really good. And they got hot. 
And so it's like we just saw all sorts of weird games in weird different ways. Uh, it was it was a great first day. Hopefully today, Friday, hopefully is just as good. Uh, of course, today we're talking about Saturday's games. So uh, by the time you're watching this, you may already know how Friday went. Maybe it went perfectly normal or maybe it was the craziest day in tournament history. Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was insane. Like one of the games that was kind of maddening was that Northern Kentucky-Houston game. Northern Kentucky just settling for 40-foot jump shots. Like, and, and they lost about 10. Like you, you think, hey – Make a little bit, uh, but uh, you also got to credit Houston's defense for saying, "Hey, we're not going to let you closer to the bucket than forty feet." So, I, I like it kind of plays. Yeah, and I, I, that one too also is a good point. There were a lot of times when it felt like Northern Kentucky was forced to take bad jump shots, but there was a lot of times, especially in that second half, it seemed like Kentucky was like really trying to speed Houston up. And Houston was not having any of it. Houston was slowing it down just like they want to. And that game, of course, you know, cruised to the under like Cousin Jared and I predicted. But um, Northern Kentucky was trying their darndest. And it's like, but at times they really um, seemed like they were like, we're going to go up and get a shot off within seven seconds. And sometimes it was a terrible shot. Like you said, looking, not that Houston's defense allows good shots, but just looking for something better. There was a stretch, I remember, late in the second half where it seemed like they took like three threes in a row where it's like, you could have dribbled a step further and still had a wide open shot. Why did you feel like you had to take it from so far deep? It, it's it's the, mo- like the moment and um, yeah. the, the pressure and, you know, when you're going up against defense, you do different things. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it, that was another, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting, weird games. That's what makes it so fun. Uh, very unpredictable. And that's why we always say at the beginning, right? We take a long-term view in the long run, you know, this is the stuff that's going to work out. We, we're covering some of the games here. Some of the games are left to Patreon just because we don't want to have a show that, goes hours and hours when there's a bunch of games as much as i would love that i don't think that the viewer would all would you, you might not find time to watch that um so there's you know there's picks all over the place and again it's just it's a profitable long-term process here on, on these money line picks we're gonna pick some dogs sometimes it's gonna work you know eastern washington earlier in the week being a great example sometimes it's not um you know it, it just kind of is what it is and um we're not going to be distracted by the chaos as much as we're just going to say in the long run it works out worked out with Furman uh maybe luckily uh but we had we had just as much bad luck uh, like I said with Utah State for instance because I I don't feel like Furman should have won that game um they they played good but they should have covered but they shouldn't have won outright (laughs) oh my gosh what what were you doing KA Clark like I'm just gonna be pondering that question for a long time yeah, I, I feel bad for him because I again in the moment, you know, we, it, it's stuff we all make mistakes in life. It's just that most of us don't make mistakes with millions of people watching. And especially a mistake that's like in the moment. Like I'm just thinking about my personal life, Jake. I'm, I'm sure you're in the same boat. How many times have we made a mistake where we've thought about it and we've made a mistake? That's an instinctual thing, right? Those are like the worst kind of mistakes because you like don't have time to process it. And uh, yeah, that was that's tough for him because yeah, obviously as it happened, when it was happening, I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like before I even saw where the ball was, it was just like, that was a terrible decision. Like you, you, you fall on the ball before you do that. Right. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. And so it made for a fun inning, but you know, yeah, you get, you get some good luck and bad luck, I guess is long, long story short. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit the like button for any YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content. This jump rides MLB right around the corner. So uh, a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Again, college basketball, we're going to cover during the midweek when the tournament's not happening. We're going to cover the NIT, CBI. We're going to cover all that stuff. So uh, stay, stay tuned. We're going to get a lot of content. If, if you're not subscribed, again, make sure you're subscribed. That way you get those notifications uh, when we got new stuff out. Uh, I've already mentioned Patreon. Check it out if you haven't yet. A lot of great benefits we have out of there. Above and beyond what we do here. Again, Patreon's always going to be getting something better than what the people here are getting. They're getting the shows earlier. We're recording this on Friday morning. So the Patreon people, you'll be able to watch this before the Friday games even start and have be able to jump on earlier lines. Um, they're going to get picks earlier. They're going to get the plays of the day. I mean, always trying to make sure that we take care of our people over there. Uh, we got a lot of people over there on Patreon. We love you over there. And uh, if you want to join that community again, it's one of those like, you know, you can math it out. It's like 18 cents a day or something, you know, um, it's a lot of fun. I, 18 cents a day or whatever it is. It's worth it for the discord chat. Just all the fun we have over there. So it really is. Um, it really is. Uh, but yeah, www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor, all the links to get in the show description. Uh, but again, if you're not over there, I'm still thrilled that you're watching us here. Uh, last thing, real quick, join us on Wager Lab if you haven't. You can still join us even though the tournament's already started. You can still get in. It's not a bracket. Y- you make bets just like we do on here. Uh, it's fake bets. It's free. There's no money exchange in the app against the house, against other people uh, in private pools. Uh, Jake, you're doing that with someone on the Discord. You're doing a private pool. Where you're kind of making bets with each other. It's fake, no money, you know. If y'all want, if y'all want to settle up and pay each other off of that, that's your business. That's that ain't my business, you know. 
Um, but you can do it with friends. You get a pool going like that. You can join our pool here. Bake bets. So it's totally free. You can still join, still make bets over the rest of the tournament, all the basketball games, all the NIT games. You can show your prowess off. And again, top three, take up a prize. It's free to join. No reason not to hop in there if you haven't yet. So it's still time to do that. Again, all the links there in the show description. Again, because there's no money exchange in the app, completely free and legal in all 50 states. So again, make sure to join that pool if you haven't. Uh, reminder, you know, Jake and I have collaborated on these picks. Uh, we're going to discuss an area that I think we're both a little bit confused on later today in this one where it's kind of like the model says one thing and we're kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so you were talking about this. We're trying to get on the same page um, with these. Uh, and, and again, also total picks, one unit bets, all money in place are to return three units. So on the big dogs, we're going to risk less than one unit. On the bigger favorites, we're going to risk more like two. Um, so again, we're going to proportion that out. That way it kind of keeps us balanced and keeps us in line. Don't want to risk one unit on a plus 105 pick and then risk one unit on a plus 405 pick. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're going to risk a little bit less than that plus 405 because we know it's not as likely to win. That's okay, but we're trying to find value where it is. So uh, again, uh, always, like I'll, like always, take take what you like, leave the rest. Uh, That's like the longest entry we've ever had, Jake. Uh, yeah. Hopefully hopefully people aren't you know upset about that. Uh, 12, 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to start off with Furman San Diego State. Uh, Jake, you know, the, the powers that be at CBS and, and Paramount and the NCAA and and God, I don't know who is all involved in this decision, um, have decided that they that the standalone games, that they wanted Duke Tennessee so bad that they were willing to make this the standalone early game. I'm a little surprised this wasn't Texas Penn State. I really kind of thought this would be Texas Penn State. Then the 245 game standalone would have been Kansas, Arkansas. Um, Duke Tennessee apparently is worth it because I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm, I'm interested in this game. I know you're interested in this game. I know our diehard junkie college basketball friends, our diehard tournament friends are interested in this game. I can't see this game being appealing to like the average person. We're talking about here because it's a standalone game. We know that people want to bet the standalone games, but I mean like as much as I'm interested in this, I just don't feel like, you know, Uncle Tony down the road. Just, I don't think he's that interested in this game. Are, are Do you think Uncle Tony's interested in this game other than the fact that he can bet on it? No. I mean, the only thing is maybe you get, that underdog story, a little, little time to prep the, bump that up with Furman. Um, but that also stinks because you got Princeton later on and that's a bigger underdog. Like, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know what the decision-making process was here, but I mean, I'll, I'll be tuned in because I think this will uh, yeah. be a fun matchup, but I don't think yeah. your office pool guys are, are sitting right. there going, hmm, let's, let's do this at noon. Right. Uh, so anyway, standalone game here. Um, of all the games today, there's like it's funny when you when you get to these tournaments because you end up where you're like, you have games where you're like, I picked both those teams. And you have games where you're like, didn't pick either one of those teams, right? You know, Furman, of course, I picked that upset against Virginia. Their style of play just really lends itself to being upset. This Virginia team, you know, not very good. We've seen it. Uh, and not that they're not good. They're just not they're not top notch like they, they've been in years past. And so this Furman team was built to take advantage of it. Um, Furman though, still, I've only got it 70th best in the country. They have a really good offense. And that's where I thought that they could uh, handle Virginia because Virginia's defense just isn't what it was in years past. I think Furman's gonna have a lot harder time against San Diego state. I think I mentioned this. I think I pricked this in the bracket. I think I talked about the specific setup in the bracket uh, show where I just said, you know, Furman's got a chance against Virginia, but San Diego state's defense is so good that I don't think Furman's gonna be able to score off of them. And San Diego state's def- uh, offense, their weakness uh, should be good enough to score off of Furman. So, I mean, San Diego state probably wins model says they win by an average of 5.6 points. They win 70% of the time. The issue is I think it's priced pretty well on the side. They're favored by six. The money line price is minus 240. I don't really think there's a lot of value. I think it's priced really well. San Diego State probably wins. They probably win by five or six, maybe seven, something in that ballpark. So, I mean, I just don't think there's really an angle to attack there. It's priced well. It's hard to go against San Diego State, but you're paying a price if you do, and I'm not sure it's really worth the investment. The under, however, I think is a pretty solid play under 137.5. Sideline says 137.1, but... In the last month, San Diego State has gone under by an average of 14 points per game. This is exactly what I said two days ago when I said take the under with San Diego State. It, it's just not – it's just don't eat – like San Diego State in a game getting near 140 just seems impossible. Like I'm pretty sure it couldn't happen with Alabama. Like they just grind these things out. They play fantastic defense. Their offense isn't that good. They should score again because Furman's defense isn't that good. But, you know, Furman's going to – you know, not really going to try to pick up the pace here just like they didn't really try to against Virginia. They're not going to try to here – I, model doesn't love this one, but I really think under is a smart play here for this early game. I think this gets to about 130, and I think that's about as high as we're going to get, maybe low 130s. But just San Diego State's just been such an under team. No one can catch up. The model can't catch up. The books can't catch up. No one can catch up. Let's just keep writing it. I don't really see why we should stop. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, San Diego State defense is 
well above Virginia's, I, I think, equality. And then yeah. the way Virginia attacked Furman and like their style of defense played into kind of Furman's hands. They, they're more willing to let you shoot the three ball because you're farther from the bucket, less chance to make it, and they, they want to keep you from scoring inside where uh, San Diego State is pressure in your face, does not want to let you shoot from anywhere. And that shows because they, they held opponents under 30% from three. Furman very dependent on the three ball at times. I mean – 46% of their shots coming from three and they barely shoot above average. So they, they really need that three ball going. Um, they've got the guards to kind of control it a bit. Like if, if they, if this goes Furman's way, they can control it and get them playing that way. If, if their guards are on point and they can get San Diego state to make some mistakes, cause they're going to have to force some turnovers to get the, get them uncomfortable. And you saw that like with uh, Charleston, San Diego state, isn't the most disciplined team in the world to keep it to that slow grinded out pace. If you start moving a little faster, they'll, they can, they'll chase a little bit. And Charleston got that going with them. Uh, so I, I like San Diego state to win the game, but it's nothing I'm super comfortable with, but I, I think uh, super, com- un- super comfortable with the price I'm paying right now, but the under is a great play. Cause I just don't see many points coming. San Diego state, not a great, not the great offense Furman, I think the defense of San Diego State is really going to take them out of this game. Yeah, and that San Diego State-Charleston game had 120 points in it. Uh, and, and this one might have a little bit more just because Furman's offense is better, but also Furman's going to play at a slower pace than Charleston is. I, I just, you know, I don't understand why we aren't just like blind, manually adjusting. Like if I was going to mess with the with the system, right, if I was going to – adjust this number and say what I would, I would just be blind bumping San Diego state totals down, whatever the model says, like five points, seven points, nine points. I don't know. Pick a number, right? I don't know why the books aren't doing the same thing just because they are, they, they, we talk about they, they played a little bit faster non-conference. So people are like, Oh yeah, they're going to score whatever. But like, you just throw it out the window. They have not been that team in months. Now they have just ground these games to a halt. And like you said, that defense is so good. It's so in your face. It's it, it forces every team to take so much longer on the shot clock than they want. What does that lead to? Unders. So, again, you never know. Teams might get hot, right? But unders are a pretty strong investment here, I think, in this early game. 2.40 p.m. Eastern, Duke, Tennessee. Uh, whew. Uh, Jake, your two teams. Uh, how you feeling? <laughs> I great. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going to <laughs> – I don't know what I'm going to do in this game. I just, I'm going to cry or something. I don't know because there's no winning. It's a lose-lose. No, no, way, no way I end up happy. <laughs> right now duke is a three-point favorite every analytical system out there in the world says tennessee should be favored um every analytical system in the world is uh you know not a player-based system it's looking at team metrics of course and we've talked long about duke and the fact that they've been so injured and they're playing so much better right now and that's i think that's real i don't think that's just fool's gold um you know i've got a player-based model here i've got duke as the slight favorite I, the model still says there's an edge on tennessee how much of an edge? I think it's really debatable. We obviously saw – here's the thing. I'm not saying that Duke doesn't win, and I'm not saying that Duke doesn't cover. I would be terrified to bet on Duke because anytime you bet on the team that just looked amazing – and, I mean, they were up by, like, 27 at one point against a really good Oral Roberts team. Now, part of that was Oral Roberts. Part of that was Duke's defense, so good, right? But Oral Roberts didn't score for eight first eight minutes. I don't care how good your defense is. Like, I feel like you and I could get out there and score in the first eight minutes on Duke just by accident, right? Like, maybe not a lot, but we'd score once, right? I mean, maybe not, probably, but whatever. I mean, those guys are much better than us, so that's okay. <laughs> but when you have a team that looked that good, and you have a team that looked as bad as Tennessee did, and Tennessee had stretches where they looked great, they were pull- but every time they tried to pull away, they were like, let's go five minutes and not score, right? So. It's just when you when you you're coming off of a team that looked great and a team that looked terrible. If you're backing the team that looked great, you're paying a price for it. You're paying a premium. You're paying a premium for the Duke name. I'm not saying the Duke doesn't win. I'm not saying the Duke doesn't cover. I, I just don't want any part of it because I think there's value on Tennessee. Now, is there enough value for me to pull the trigger? I mean, that's a very up in the air question right now. Model says again, pretty close to a coin toss game, depending on what, kind of which eye you close, which metrics you want to look at, how you want to view things. So plus one thirty on Tennessee. You know, not the craziest play in the world. Um, I think the really smart play, though, is the under. 128 here just seems way too good. 
to pass up. The model says 122. Both teams have been going under as of late. We've these Tennessee unders have been really good to us. Duke's offense is playing really well, but their defense has played outstanding too. Tennessee's defense is going to make this Duke. Tennessee's defense is going to be the best defense that Duke's faced in all, since they've been healthy by far. And that's going to really slow Duke down and prevent them from scoring a lot of points. But Tennessee themselves can prevent themselves from scoring points. And Duke's defense is playing so good, they're going to really hold them down too. This feels like a first to 60 wins. It may even be first to 55 wins. I mean, this might be an ugly game. They might want this game as a standalone game on TV because the names on the front of the jerseys, this might be your ugliest game of the day. I mean, it would not surprise me if this was some stupid, ugly, low scoring type game. I think under's a brilliant play. I'm leaning Tennessee. I'm just not able to pull the trigger on it right now as an official recommendation. The model goes that way for sure. I don't really know. It's hard to really bet against Duke right now. I just, I'm just, I can't pay. I can't back Duke. I'm just, it's too big of a price for me. We're always sensitive to value. Like I always say, Ron, I'm going to Taco Bell. You know what? I love tomatoes in my tacos, but I'm not paying 45 cents for a tenth of of a tomato. That's just the way it is, right? So we're always looking about value. You can pass on the side for right now. That's my recommendation. Just focus on under under 128 seems way too high. I kind of would be surprised if this game gets to 120. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I, I feel the same boat. I mean, Tennessee's offense just disappears. I mean, even with Ziegler at full strength at yeah. times, they we, we just still saw go it times. Yeah. blank. And, like, I don't know that Duke's got the squad to really crack that Tennessee defense because that Tennessee defense is everywhere all the time. I mean, they just held – Teams of 58, like, or 55. It's crazy holding teams under 60 in uh, in these kind of games, uh, like, with the pace. And, I mean, like, Auburn, who put up 70-plus, they held to 43. It's yeah. – this defense is legit. Kyle Filipowski, Duke's be- probably best offensive threat just because how versatile he is. He might not – I don't know. That's debatable with Roach and all that. But, I mean, he's not going to be at full strength no matter what. With, he was throwing up on the sideline and sick for the first game. I don't think a day solves that after the game, especially one where he had to come – he played most of the game, I think. Uh, it's just I don't see the offenses ha- or the pace or anything to get this up close to like anywhere near 130, really. I think 120 is a gift. Uh like it's like teams would have to like Duke would have to be extremely hot to get this in like the one thirties or mid one thirties because you know Tennessee's not going to carry it up there and Duke's got a very good defense they are just as tall just as long just as athletic as Tennessee can be um, they're probably a little bit more talented Tennessee might have a little more depth than uh, Duke especially in the big guy area but I but those guys aren't offensive threats at all so it's 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 going to be an interesting game. And I don't think it's tight. I think it's either Tennessee wins by a bunch because Duke is cold, can't score, or Duke wins by a bunch because Tennessee's cold, can't score. Um, I, I don't. And kind of either one of those lend themselves to the under because it's almost one of those like the losing yeah. team might end up with like forty-eight points or fifty-two points or just something really insanely low. Yeah, like I mean, just look at the ACC championship with Duke and Virginia, right? You had two really good defenses, um, two offenses that aren't amazing and we ended up with barely over 100 points so and i think and i think that's a pretty good comparison for a slightly different reason because tennessee and virginia are very different but i think it's comparable in that tennessee's got the much better defense but virginia plays at the lower pace so i feel like that's a pretty decent trade-off i think it's a pretty good comparison there because it's going to get there it's going to be like kind of different routes to get there but i think it's the same sort of comparison in that you know if you put virginia's pace with tennessee's defense it wouldn't have even got there right but uh yeah (laughs) I, i think I think that's a, a pretty good comparison there because Tennessee's not going to slow it down quite like Virginia did, but also Virginia's got a little bit better of an offense and not quite the defense. So, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I mean, this number is probably going to hang up high just because of, uh, again, the books have to have different considerations than we do. They have to consider about, you know, they don't want to end up where they're overly exposed because they make a number and they know everybody's going against them. They don't want to be on an island, that sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of things they got to consider that we don't have to. And 128 just seems insanely high for, for this matchup. Um, in, 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 like I said, in a game that I just, I find it hard to think. And even if Duke runs away, I guess is what I'm saying. I think the, mo- the most likely weird scenario is Duke runs away. Like the think Oral Roberts and you saw Duke in that game, just kind of give up at times and just kind of not really care. And if that happens again, they're going to stop scoring and that's going to lead to the under. It just seems like again, another really good underplay here to, to start us off, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's a holdover from the Coach K stuff that Shire pulled. Up. Like in the tournaments, the, Coach K would always do this. It looks like Shire's going to do it. If you're up 10, 12, 7, 8, 10, right there with like two or three minutes left, he, he runs this four corner style offense, takes it to about 10, 12 seconds on the shot clock, runs a high screen and roll, 
and forces your defense to do something. And yeah. when you have a point guard like Jeremy Roach, that works. So Duke up eight. It's uh, two minutes left. I think uh, it's going to be very hard for anybody to score. Yeah, and uh, we haven't even talked about the fact that Rick Barnes is involved in this game. So I mean, that also <laughs> makes the the under a good play. Uh, moving on to the game that the game that I thought would be featured here in the standalone slot: Arkansas, Kentucky, Arkansas, Kansas. Um, obviously, I guess winner. Uh, the joke, of course, on Twitter, right? The winner has to pronounce their state name like the others, or the loser has to pronounce their state name like the, like the winner does, right? Um, ha- have some fun thinking about that one in your head. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas here. A great pick. Uh, shockingly, the model doesn't really love Kansas that much. So I was really surprised, but angry pick on Kansas, giving Kansas a pseudo home court advantage here. Um, I think it'll be mostly Kansas fans in that arena. The location is, is right for them, of course, um, being, you know, just across state, state lines. Um, this Kansas team, I've got up to eighth overall in the country. Arkansas, I've got at 21st. That sets up to be an average Kansas win by 5.7 points. Model says they win 70% of the time, but the correct money line price would be minus 230. And that anything better than minus 187 is an A-grade pick on the Jayhawks. Should be a lot of tempo in this one. Both teams want to play fast. Uh, both teams have, you know, good units on the court. The biggest difference is going to be the fact that Kansas, I've got them as a top 10 defense. Arkansas's offense, I've got outside the top 50. And I think that's going to be the difference here, that Arkansas's got some, some guys that can really slow Kansas offense down. Uh, but offensively, I think Arkansas is going to have a hard time really scoring. There will be points because of the tempo, but not because of the lack of defense. The total is 144.5. Models is 144.2. Arkansas has been going over. Their offense has been playing a little bit better. Their defense a little bit worse. But Kansas has been going under. That defense is really coming on strong here as of late. Arkansas can win this game, but I really think it's going to take kind of a Herculean three-point effort from them. Otherwise, Kansas is just a better team. Uh, really in every facet here. And again, the game location, I think, gives them a little bit of, a, of an advantage. I think it's, it's going to be mostly Jayhawk fans there. Um, minus 164, pretty good price on Kansas. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, like I, I like this Arkansas team. Uh, I think they're very good. I think they're poised to make a run in the tournament if, if things go the right way. Now, this Kansas team is a hard draw because they are very, very good, very, very talented. The two weaknesses they have, right, are the depth. Plenty of bodies Kansas can throw, but not a lot of talent there. It's just, uh, I don't know. Um, the second thing is Kansas is simple to stop, and it's not easy to do by any, str- any stretch of the imagination. But you got to take Dewan Harris out of the game. You, however you do that is how you do it, whether you get him in foul trouble or just make his life so very hard that he can't really do it because he is – what drives that offense? Because the second you have to make uh, Jalen Wilson or Grady Dick play on the ball instead of off the ball and run them off screens, they become a lot less effective. Arkansas, I'm just not sure, has the bodies and the talent to do that in this game. They could, but I, everything's going to have to go right. You're going to have to get a three-point a team that shoots like 30% from three and barely shoots any of them to start hitting them a lot. I think the injuries really killed this team uh, and like what they had going. They're not a great free throw shooting team. So if it's tight, it's not going to go their way. Uh, They also foul a lot and Kansas really can hit free throws. That leans another way for Kansas. So when it's tight, uh, Kansas goes all the way, I think. So it's Kansas smart player. Yeah. And uh, it's not, again, not to the Arkansas can't pull the upset. Um, but I think it goes back to what we were just talking about with Duke, Tennessee. I think people are looking at Arkansas and they, they played a pretty good game. Kansas is a much better team, obviously. Anyway, I'm not really breaking news there. So uh, Kansas with these short odds, I think offer some value for us here at minus 164. going to take the dog here in this one though. Auburn and Houston plus 225 on Auburn. Obviously I missed this before. Like the model loves Auburn uh, more than it should. I, I, I'll admit that. I, I don't really know why. Um, it was right against Iowa. Uh, part of that also was again, Iowa just can't be trusted away from Iowa city, right? We've talked about that a lot that they, uh, you know, nine times out of 10 away from home, just can't hit threes. And I don't quite know why that's very weird, but you know, it is what it is. And, and, and like cousin Jerry said, let's just capitalize on it. We did. Here's the thing with Houston. I love this Houston team. I'm not convinced their two best players are going to suit up. And that's bad news. Houston drops. A, I mean, it's not that the next guys aren't good. They've got a lot of talent. They're still a really good team, but this is priced as if it's Houston full strength or at least mostly full strength. And I'm not sure. Now we're recording this again Friday morning. So we don't know a lot, but what we do know is that Sasser re-injured his groin. <laughs> That's not good. As someone who now, now I had hamstring issues in high school, not groin, but it's a similar thing in that when I re-injured it, 
it felt like I got set back about half of the recovery time was wiped out. And, and we don't know how, how bad this was, but if it was enough to take him out for a while last night, it, j- it makes you concerned that he won't be able to go two days later. Maybe he can go next week if they make it, but that's a concern. Also, Sheed now having a knee issue at this point. We haven't got the results back. I believe they're going to do an MRI this morning, but um, Samson after the game was uh, very concerned. Uh, I don't remember his exact quote, but it was it was not positive. It was very it was very concerning. Those two guys out for Houston. I'm putting them out right now. I'm putting them at 25 percent both, and the reason why I'm not sure either one of them play. I'm not sure if they play. I'm not sure how many minutes they play, and I'm not sure how effective they are. So I'm putting them at 25 percent. So take that the model projection with that understanding. Houston full strength is a different story, but with those two guys at 25%, I've got this at basically a coin toss game, especially considering it's a basic home game for, for Auburn here playing in Birmingham, Alabama. So it's just a terrible storm for Houston. I'm not saying that they can't win. I just think it's much closer to a coin toss given the situation. If this game was being played at Reliant Stadium in Houston where the Final Four is going to be, Houston's fully healthy. It's a totally different story. I've got Houston by six or seven or something like that probably but right now the fact that houston's you know a five and a half point favorite is just way too much given i'm just very concerned about the health of this houston team i think they come way falling back down to earth i've still got them as the sixth best team they're still really really good but the sixth best team against an auburn team that's not bad and again playing the home game basically can hang in there. This is an anything-can-happen type game, in my opinion. A great pick here on Auburn at plus 225. Taking a chance with the dog. You want to take the points as well. You want to split your bet, whatever you want to do. That's personal preference. For me, it's kind of a uh, put about nine-tenths of a unit to win 2.1. Not going to risk a ton, but but worth the investment here. Put a flyer on Auburn just because of the injury situation and the game location is really all this boils down to. Total in this game is 131.5. Models is 124. We know Houston wants to slow this down with the injuries. I think they want to slow it down even more. Auburn's defense is better than their offense. I really like the under in this game as well, just because Houston's still got a great defense. Auburn's got a good defense. Um, and like I said, I just think Houston's really going to play this as slow as possible if they're half as injured as I think, because they're not going to want to get up and down with Auburn, given the fact that they, you know, they're going to be relying on so many bench guys. Um, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, man, the injuries. And it's not like they sat them because out of precaution. That was a tight game all the way throughout. So when they weren't playing, it was because they really couldn't play. Who yeah. I feel so bad for Samson. I mean, every oh, year yeah. he's got the team yeah. and gets ripped apart, like right either in the NCAA tournament or right next to it and where you can't, you don't have time to adjust and figure things out this is probably one of the better teams that's not like over the last four or five years, he's had the better teams that just couldn't get it done because of bad luck. Yeah. Um, Since some really good teams. Yeah. And then they really didn't play well against Northern Kentucky. They got out rebounded. Mm -hmm. They turned the ball over more. They didn't force any turnovers. I mean, I know they forced a lot of threes, but I mean, Northern Kentucky shot had outshot them about like 12, I think had 12 more shots and not just three. Like it was just everything went the wrong way. I don't know if I want to see Auburn in basically a home game, but the way they can play defense uh, right now, if I'm Houston, because you're struggling to find out what you're going to do with those guys. You, you can't really make a game plan. You don't have an, a lot of time to scout. Like I know your advanced scout was already looking at Auburn and Iowa, but how much of a game plan does that change when you are missing? Like, I don't know. This is a terrifying spot for, Houston. If they make it through and get a week off, they may come back and be back to that championship level. But this is absolutely terrifying. I think there's so much value here on Auburn that it's worth spending a little more than you normally like. A little more than that point nine. I think I think Auburn has a really good chance to pull this off. And while you're talking there, I just went ahead and locked in the under two. I just can't, I got to make this an official recommendation. We got to go on record with this under 132. Just seems insanely high. Um, like you talked about the defenses. And, you know, the, the last thing I want to, I want to, I already talked to you guys, so I don't want to Last thing I want to ask you here is, you know, you're a Tennessee fan. You've seen some Bruce Pearl. Do you think that he can game plan and get the offense to be a little bit smarter than Northern Kentucky? Because I think that's the difference. Now, part of Northern Kentucky issue is they just don't have the talent, right? Albert's got more talent. We're really trusting Bruce Pearl, and that's a scary statement, I know. But but if we can trust Bruce Pearl to see the game tape of what Northern Kentucky did and say, okay, guys, we got to do the same thing, but we got to get 
work a little bit harder to get a little bit better of a look. And those looks are going to fall and we can win this game. Like that's, it's, it's simple. It's really simple. Now, can he get his guys to do that? I guess that's a million dollar question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. And do you, how do you feel about that? How, 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 does, how does that resonate with you as a, as a former Bruce Pearl? Yeah. I, I, I've always loved Bruce Pearl. I think he's a great coach. Needs a little more help on the offensive end, but I think he will have these guys motivated and done well. Like he's not going to let the big, bad, scary Houston defense scare them. Like I think that got that got a little bit into Northern Kentucky's hands. The re, or heads, yeah. the yes. reputation 100%. of Houston's defense. Hundred percent. And Bruce and, and, and I think it snowballed. I think it was we did, we didn't get a good look. We got to get a good look. We got to jack it up or whatever. Like I said, it just yeah, yeah it really was in their heads. You could tell they were not taking good good looks. And that's the thing Auburn's got to do. If Auburn does that though with Houston, this hobbled with. Auburn's got a real shot to pull this off, which again is crazy to say, but you know, here we are. And again, the under uh, with, with the pace you're going to play at, these two defenses, uh, 132 just seems, uh, you know, way too good to pass up. Uh, 7.45 p.m. Eastern, Penn State at Texas. Again, we kind of set this one up at the top of the show. Uh, feels like an hour ago at this point. We're, we're you know, talking a lot. We like basketball, talking a lot about them. Um, set this game up pretty well, though. I'm going to be on Texas here, minus 230. It's, it's a C plus grade pick, it's, it's almost to the B grade threshold. I'm, I mean the same thing about Penn State, right? If they hit the, if they hit shots, they're gonna they're gonna have, have a chance against anybody. If they don't, they're gonna lose games they shouldn't. And when they're not hitting, they're gonna lose when they're hitting. They are they win. I mean, it, it's that simple. Texas defense, you know, not maybe what it was last year, but their defense is still pretty good. I mean, I've got them at top fifteen in the country. Their offense at, at a top twenty offense. That's gonna be where they're gonna be able to win this game. Penn State's got a sub. Uh, you know, outside the top 100 defense. And that's where AM early on, I really thought AM was going to take it to them. They had three, they got the ball to Marvel down low for little hook shots three times in the first, probably in the first media timeout. And he hits all three of them. And I thought, man, they're going to have their way with them. But AM just couldn't hit anything. And that's the difference is that AM was going to win this game by slowing down the pace, taking the air out of the ball, playing great defense, getting in Penn State's face and preventing Penn State from hitting shots. They weren't going to win it on offense. When AM couldn't play great defense and didn't control the tempo and didn't force Penn State to take bad looks, when Penn State was getting open looks, that game was over. There was no way they were going to do it. Texas, I think, can also do that. I think they've got a real good chance of forcing Penn State to take bad looks. But even if that fails, Texas offense is good enough to score on this Penn State defense. And that's where they'll have a much better chance of winning this game than the Aggies did. Obviously, again, like we talked about, you can look at that Texas uh, Colgate game in, in a couple different ways. I do not expect Texas to hit 60% from three this time, but a lot of that was open looks, and this Penn State defense, I don't think is going to challenge them. This Texas team's playing really well as of late. They went through Kansas twice as of late. I mean, at some point, as good as Penn State looked and as good as Penn State's looked as of late, Texas has been just as impressive. So it's not like we're, you know, we're fading the hot team as much as if you pick against one of these teams, you're fading the hot team. So, I mean, that's a wash. At this point, Texas is just a much better team. Minus 230 is not that steep of a price. Model says it should be minus 248. Starts with a one. It's an A-grade pick. I don't think you're going to see a number that starts with a one, but if you do, that's A-grade. Even if it's lower, 200, that's better. Minus 230, I think, is still pretty acceptable. And much more value on the money than the spread. Spread is five and a half. Model says 6.1. So, on the spread, the model doesn't think there's as much advantage as there is just on the money line. If you like a big money line favorite, maybe throw Texas in that as a two-team parlay. might be an interesting uh, proposition, maybe something like with Kansas earlier in the day uh, could be a good look. So again, paying a little bit of a price here, but I think it's a good investment. Total in this game's 140. Model says 139.7. Penn State's been going over because their offense has been pretty good. Texas has been going under because that defense has been playing so impressively well. And that's again where I think they've got a better chance of, I think they've got a chance of stopping Penn State, but even if they don't, like I said, they can at least do what AM couldn't and they can score. Their offense is better than AM's. They score in different ways than AM, so it's just a completely different matchup for Penn State. Uh, so I'm here on the Longhorns. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, this is a Chris Beard design team and everything like that. And Chris Beard is an amazing defensive coach. It's taken a little bit to get get this defense back, but now. Much, much longer than I expected. Even yeah. before he was gone, the defense wasn't playing that great. Yeah, it was very weird. It's, but, it, but yeah, you're right. It took, it took like mid February, maybe, and then yeah. it finally started really clicking. Yeah, and I mean they've got the offensive talent too. So this is a this is what Texas Tech should have wanted. He wanted Texas Tech to look yeah. like yeah. when when he had that team. Now he's no longer with Texas, but hey, whatever. Uh, you know we've we've got a very very talented, very very good Texas team that's playing great defense. Penn State, yeah. man, they <laughs> makes me nervous. There's no um, 
like real statistical stuff or real logic here, but man, it kind of feels like the Kimball Walker run with Pickett mm. and that, I mean, it's the, I mean, they won all the games in the, they started that run with the big 10 tournament. And now you've got this run here where they beat somebody they really shouldn't have in Texas. I know who was everybody. I think everybody agreed was yeah. a better team. And yeah. Now you've got running into a Texas squad. I mean, this is, it's a little scary there from that, from that standpoint. I don't think they're going to be able to find as many open looks as hit as many. I mean, what's his face? Lundy was hitting from half court. Like what are you, what are you going to do? I think he hit one. I think he hit one from the paint of the March Madness logo in mid court. Yeah. yeah it was it, not, uh, what do you do at that point? Like you don't guard people 50 feet from the bucket. Uh, but I mean, if that's happening, nobody's getting in state's way. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be that. That <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Texas has got big, strong guards. They got a little bit of depth. They can rebound. Um, and I think the inside part is where Penn State's going to lose this game. It's going. To, I think it'll be tighter than most people expect. But I think Texas wins it. Yeah, and uh, I think the last thing here I want to say two things I want to say about this to, to wrap up. Number one. Um, you know, Penn State, just a high variance team because of them shooting so much. So, you know, no different than Iowa, no different. There's a handful of teams we talk about. It's really high variance because how much they rely on the jump shot, how much they rely on the three. If you're so inclined, this might be a situation where you play Texas, but you scale back your unit. Maybe instead of having your risk plus win add up to three, maybe you have it add up to two, maybe one and a half, you know, because Penn State's just more of an anything can happen scene. That doesn't mean I think there's not still value on Texas. I just think the curve's a little flatter than the normal bell curve that you would put when you think about these games coming from a distribution of possible outcomes because Penn State can kind of swing one direction or the other. Uh, the last thing I want to say is that what I saw from Texas against Colgate, I did see a little bit of something that was concerning, and that was just a lack of intensity. They made some several bad turnovers. They had several situations. Uh, I want to say it was late in the first half where – they were not fighting through screens. They were lazily switching. And that allowed Colgate's big guy to be on guards multiple times. And he scored with ease. Later on in the game, they fixed that. You know, obviously they talked about in the huddle. I said, hey, fight through the screens, you know. And one of the times the guy went right into the screen and fell down. And that, you know, sucked for him. But you need to force them to make great tight screens. Or you need to you know, it's the only reason you switch. Otherwise you fight through it and you stay on your man because you can't let that mismatch happen. So between the turnover, some of the sloppy play, some of the just lack of fighting through a screen, that's just, that's just effort. Uh, you know, again, a, a loose screen is a very loose screen. That's just effort. You know, you could have easily gotten around those if, if they wanted to. I'm hoping that was a little bit of, we're playing a 15 seed and they hit so many threes. They were up by 10 basically from the whistle. And so they never really, you know, they, they played with a little more intensity when Colgate got it to eight and then they get it right back up to 15. So I'm hoping that was just the situation. Um, so I'm explaining away all the concerns I saw with Texas. That doesn't mean that those won't pop up, but I mean, it's there in front of them. They know those things. The coach is not a moron. I'm not the only person who saw that. Right. And maybe you viewer didn't, maybe you didn't watch the game. That's why I'm talking about it. But the coach saw that the coach knows that, right? Terry knows that. And he's got to be talking about that. This Penn state team's better. You can't do that. You can't get away with that. That sort of stuff. So as long as he's communicating that and his Texas team shows up and does all those things, like I said, they're the much better team. And the only way Penn State wins is they get hot from three. Uh, kind of like they didn't say uh, Otherwise, though, this Texas team offers good value at this price. Hopefully they fix those things and they come out with the right intensity and, and they aren't, you know, making those simple mistakes. So, I mean, that's just kind of the last thing I want to say about that. Uh, you know, hopefully we don't see that same, that same thing happen here. And, and Texas minus 230, pretty solid investment. Last game here to talk about 8.40 p.m. Eastern, Northwestern, UCLA. Let's take the dog here with Northwestern. Uh, obviously, uh, Jake, we've talked about this Northwestern team. We like them. We went with Boise here. I went with Boise here on, on the first game. Uh, it was a coin toss game, and I, I kind of stand by that. Boise State, uh, I don't know, how, five, six shots, it seemed like, in the second half. We were half down and popped out. And they were just, you know, Boise was tied midway through the second half. And if they had any of those go down, it, it's a coin toss game, just like we thought. Didn't work out for them. Wasn't their night that happens. I liked Boise. I like Northwestern. I like both those teams. I like UCLA too. It's the health again, right? Jalen Clark, an amazing player. We know he's out. Um, the other guy, uh, you know, didn't play in the first game. Didn't need him. Didn't need him whatsoever. Um, you don't know what that means, right? Did they? Did he not play because they knew they wouldn't need him? Did he not play because it's out of just precaution? Did he not play because he's not ready to go? I don't know the answer to that. No one knows the answer to that, but that's obviously a concern. If he does play, 
given that it's been now over a week since he's played, will he be 100%? I'm not really sure. I've got him at 50% in the model because I'm not sure if he plays. And if he does play, I'm just not sure he'll be at 100%. So that's a concern uh, for UCLA. Full strength UCLA is for sure a top five team. 100%. No question about it. With the potential injuries, the situation they've got, I've got UCLA down to 19th. I mean, they don't have quite the depth that Houston does. Houston's so good. They've got so much depth. They lose a couple guys. They're susceptible to lose, partially because they're playing a road game. But UCLA drops a whole lot more. They don't have quite the same depth that Houston does. So if both those guys, obviously we know one's out, right? If they're both out, that really matters. Northwestern's got a shot to pull this off. And I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I'm not saying I think Northwestern wins. I'm saying I think Northwestern wins at a greater percentage of time than the odds imply, and thus there's value at plus 310. The model says this price should be minus 176 for UCLA. I still think UCLA wins this game 64% of the time, but as we're always talking about, if we can get a 36% winner at a price like this, it's a great value. We're investing about three quarters of a unit to win two and a quarter. It's a good chance to take the dog here. They've got a shot with UCLA's injuries or UCLA may win by 20, and if so, we didn't risk that much. We just took a shot that the injuries would affect them and that Northwestern could get it done. They've obviously got a great defense. They can go toe-to-toe with UCLA's defense in UCLA's defense current form. Healthy UCLA defense, different story, right? But in current UCLA, they can go toe-to-toe with their defense. They're a little bit behind offensively. That's why they shouldn't be favored, but you never know in these games. They're going to slow it down. UCLA is going to be very comfortable playing it slow. We're going to have fewer possessions. That lends itself to be more of an upset game, just like we talked about with Virginia. Higher possession game. Less likely to be upset. The team that's better is more likely to win. Not the case here. Northwestern's got a chance to pull this off. If you want to play it safer, I think taking the eight points makes a lot of sense. Model says UCLA by four. Again, given the current injury injury situation. So, Jake, my question to you, how much would you be putting on money line versus spread? Would you just go all spread or would you dabble 50-50? What's your thought on the split between taking eight points and getting such good odds like plus 310? I'd probably put 75% of it on the spread just to be a little safer. And then 25, obviously 25 on the money line. Cause I, I like UCLA if could be, that guy could be healthy. Like he could be ready to go. And they were just like, Hey, we're up 20 points in the first two minutes of the game. Just take another night. Yeah, off. They, they got up, uh, they got up two touchdowns to nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, whew, uh, Man, that was that was surprising to me. I didn't think you. I didn't think you were actually stood a chance, but I didn't think it was like that. Uh, Agreed. So you can't really glean anything from that because they beat them so bad, so thoroughly, so early in the game that you're like, I, I don't know, like was that UNC Asheville being bad or was that like UCLA just being that good? You you, you don't know. And so it makes me nervous. And this Northwestern team can really play defense. They're very very physical. So the last thing you want to do is come in and play somewhat injured in this very physical game because i mean it takes a really mentally strong person to go like i know i'm it's going to hurt when i do this but i have to do this to win this game like that i'm not saying the guy's not mentally strong i, I just don't know it um, yeah. well so, and it's 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 tough right we're, we're here we're a lot right in today's day and age we're a lot more aware of you know mental health anxiety these types of things that affect these injuries and it's it's real i mean this it's not like it's just you know grit it out and play because this is these guys' lives, right? And you just don't know with these injuries how they're dealing with it and the mental aspect of it and the physical, how it interacts. The fact that for the last week now, he's been waking up thinking about this every day. Like you just don't, we just don't know. We have no idea what's going on and how that's affected. There's just, it's just so many questions. And some guys just based off the time of the day, the day of the week, the, the way their life is, you know, if they're you know, if your girlfriend just broke up with you, right? Whatever, right? You just don't know. Sometimes these guys, things are fine and they're like, and they can focus on just gutting it out. And other times that's not the way life is, right? We all know that we all have seasons of life where things are better, things are worse. And you just never know, like you said, about someone's, you know, I, I, I go a little soapbox here, man. We're going to talk for like three hours on the show. <laughs> People talk about mental toughness, right? But I don't think mental toughness is a, is a characteristic that never changes. I think we all have times where we're more mentally tough and less mentally tough. And that just ebbs and flows with the season of life here. And so that's the other thing too, is this, I think this old school mentality was like, oh, you have it or you don't. And I don't think that's accurate. I think it's, you know, uh, ups and downs. And some people might have a little bit higher of a tide, but yeah, we just never know how this is going to play out. It's just, it's a complete crapshoot. Like you said, it's just, we have no idea if he's going to be able to go, how he's going to be able to look any of those things. And with usually his lack of depth, that really matters if he's not out there because Northwestern's a whole lot better than UNC Asheville. We know that much. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's very physical. I mean, we don't know what the Marcus Shaver injury did to Boise there halfway through the game, um, how yeah. that changed things. So that kind and, of and then he came back, but again, we don't know it. We don't know at what percent, right? Yeah, and so like, I, I don't know. Uh, Northwestern's offense scares me, and that's why I'm doing it seventy-five on the spread, twenty-five, like, because I just don't trust them to find open shots and make them. But they don't turn the ball over, so it's not like they're giving UCLA extra chances anywhere. It's and they rebound the ball pretty well. I just don't know that they're going to make the shots. We're going to need some. They're going to like to win this game. You're going to have to have some help from the refs. Get them to the line because they're a very good free throw shooting team. Um, they just got to get there a little more. Uh, or, or or that's the game plan, especially if UCLA right a little bit yeah. you know more injured. You know, not a lot of depth. The game plan could be. We're just going to attack and try to draw fouls, and we don't even care if we make the shots. We're just going to try to yeah. try to get people in foul trouble, right? It's a very smart, especially Hawkins, because I, I don't think they can replace Hawkins in, in anywhere. I mean, not that there's another guy like him, but I don't think yeah. you can get 80% of his value to this UCLA team right now right. at their right. level. Um, yeah. So if you can get him going, then, and you've got Boo Booey, who is a very good guard, who I would trust with like on my team with the ball in his hands, like yeah. at the end of the game. So having that helps. I think this is a tight game. So I think the spread makes a lot of sense. Maybe, maybe we double up. Maybe we get the, <laughs> the money line one too. Yeah. And the other thing here, uh, I love this under. So we're going to play the under 127 and a half as well. The model says 121. The pace will be slow. Both these defenses are good. Like you said, we don't really trust Northwestern's offense to do much, but thankfully they don't turn it over. You don't turn it over. That means you're not going to be giving up quick looks. UCLA is going to be forced in the half-court offense. Northwestern's defense is really good and suffocating, and they're going to be able to slow UCLA down. UCLA doesn't want to play fast anyway. They're going to be very comfortable playing this at a slow game. This is a game where I really think first to 60 wins, and I get I think 120 is a whole lot more likely than 127 and a half. So another good under pick for you here that I'm going to officially go on record with. Jake, how, how, much, how much do you like the under versus the plus eight? Which one do you like more? Ooh. Put you on the spot here. Oh, we even talk about we talk about we collaborate. I'm just throwing this at you now. <laughs> probably the under because Northwestern's offense really depends on forcing turnovers, and UCLA is not sloppy. Uh, Tiger Campbell has been a very good point guard for what feels like forever now. Uh, I think his hair has tripled in size since we've started watching. I love it. I love it. Uh, I need a timeline. So I'd probably lean the under. Okay. Okay. So you like the number? Hey, so again, a great pick on Northwestern. Want to split a little bit of the spread? That makes a lot of sense. You want to go with the money line? That makes a little bit of sense. Again, we're scaling back that wager on the money line because it's not that we think Northwestern wins. It's just we think there's value at this price. Again, we're going to be doing the same thing with baseball, which was wildly profitable last year. Should be the same thing here in a couple, you know, a couple of weeks with that. Under 127 and a half, great investment as well. Low pace, great defenses. Even UCLA's offense is outside the top 50 now not at full strength. So uh, Northwestern's defense is going to have the edge. So again, a lot of defense, no pace under makes a lot of sense. They're going to play a little first half under. That also makes a little bit of sense here too. That way you take away the maybe weirdness of the end of the game overtime, something like that. We haven't seen any overtimes on Thursday. Maybe yeah. we'll see some here on Friday, but you know, that's kind of the benefit. Sometimes that first half under you're paying a premium for it, but at least you avoid the potential overtime, which you know, there are going to be some coming. We're not going to have a whole tournament without overtime. You just don't know where it's going to strike. An extra five minutes. Uh, it can be a killer. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's all we've got for you then today, Jake. I know we talked a lot, but uh, do, do you have any more parting words for the viewer? No, I think I'm, I'm all out. Yeah, I think I am too. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this episode of Pigs with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's up to right into your feed. Be back again in 24 hours to cover the Sunday games. We're covering all the postseason action here in college basketball this March. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please. Don't bite your eating money.